Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? We have both of our cheap car pieces on YouTube right now. Yeah! We're going to circle back because a lot of you have questions about them, but we had an eight-car piece last week. We took our three out of that, added them to R2, which makes five. Basic math here at Everyday Driver. <laughs> we had a five-car piece on YouTube. It is now out there, both out, and I have to say a huge, huge thank you to all of you listening because so many of you have watched this piece. Yes. You have shared it. It has metrics that we haven't seen on our YouTube channel in a long, long time. It is playing very, very well. That's the eight-car first piece. I hope the second-car piece, the the five-car piece, the second part plays every bit as good or better. But thank you guys for hearing us on that and for watching. It's just – it's awesome. I will add my thanks to you as well because you have responded, as Todd Mm -hmm. said. This five-car film is the culmination of – did we do it right? Mm-hmm. Did we Absolutely, buy the right yeah. cars? Yeah, yeah. And it provides different commentary. So if you, if you think it's just you know edited down, it's actually longer than the eight-car film. And we did two different interviews. Two different interviews. Yeah. But it's different commentary, different heads, headspace mm-hmm. about these particular cars. Yep. All right. So we yep. chose these and spent a little bit more time breaking it down. And so the five-car film is out. We are coming to the end mm-hmm. of our cheap sports car challenge. We are nearly there, which yep. means it's in the last days of the opportunity drawing. Yeah. To win our two cheap sports cars. No purchase necessary, order prohibited, and all of the fun little things. I'm not the there micro go. machines guy. I try to be, and I fail. I could speed but, it up in the but, edit, but, but there whatever. you go. But, but the point is, you still have a chance. Go to our website, everydaydriver.com. There's a green banner right there. You have an opportunity to win one of those cars, and it ends on Monday the 13th. We See? hope to announce it for, for the, that podcast on September the 14th. We hope to announce who the winners are. It's going to somebody. They both are. They are, indeed. Also, the MR2 Spider and Boxster standalone reviews mm-hmm. are available on the Test Drive channel. So those are a little bit longer reviews there as well. And also, we're still in the midst of our television season, season nine, yeah. on the Motor Trend Cable channel. And we must thank our sponsors. We really couldn't do it without them. Haggerty, Griot's Garage, Covercraft, and Autotempest.com use the... Autotempest.com slash every day so they know we sent you. Mm-hmm. And then with Grios, you can use the code EDRIVER, Covercraft. You can use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout. Those guys love seeing you, so we'd love for you to do yeah, that. for sure. One more piece of news, and that is we just read the Tesla Roadster is delayed. Oh, no. But, what will we do? But this is... But this it's is, delayed. This is the business model. I'm so... The so here's a robot model. The business to keep model everybody is, distracted. Here's the new fun thing. Have you noticed we're doing yeah. this now? that keeps you distracted from the things we're not doing or forgot about that we talked about a while ago. And the Roadster has just, it, I'm sure if we, if there was a way to plot this, somebody that's better at this than me could plot out the life cycle of how these things happen. But the Roadsters reached that Can place because it? the Tesla bot exists and I'm going to continue to resist the urge to rant. <laughs> we're I know talk about I'm entertained and, mm-hmm. and endlessly. I mean, I'm distracted. And so we're all fine with the Tesla Roadster being delayed. It's fine, right? We've got a couple of great debates. First of all, James C. in Connecticut has a company car. He's wondering, should he sell the Roadster? Mm. Well, he says he's a big listener of the show. James, thank you so much. 
He's at the point where even his fiance now refers to herself as the <laughs> minister of finance. That means we've done it. We're right over the target. We did it, James. <laughs> Hi, fiance, who didn't really think you would have listened <laughs> to a car podcast, and now you refer to yourself. Do you have the shirt, is my question. That's true, James. It, that's a great gift. It's, it's not on, I don't think it's on Blipshift right now, but it will cycle back through. Pay attention, because that, that would be a fun gag gift, James. I'm just saying, the minister of finance shirt. And then what will happen? Gag I'm, gift? I'm, it's just, it's the no, real thing. Here's, here's why it's the gag gift. I'm going to put, put the pieces together you're going to buy it for your fiance yeah she's going to wear it in front of her parents and there's going to be a whole spiraled conversation that's going to spill off of that and i hope so i hope it happens I, that's what i want there, for is you there going to be door slamming and not necessarily not necessarily it's just going to be honey what is that shirt and then it all happens james is 24 his fiance is 22 we don't know her name at least at this point their current garage is James' 2018 Fiat 124 Abarth mm. in bright Italian red. His fiance has her 2011 Nissan Sentra that makes expensive noises. <laughs> we know those noises. Yeah, they're not good noises, yeah. I'm going to make that my ringtone, so I just every just time expensive. it rings, I'm just stressed. Well, I've told you this story before. Sorry, I have to tell a story on my dad. My dad has the ramp, <laughs> ramp, ramp, like the, the, the submarine is sinking, is his ringtone. It's the everything is okay alarm. It's, it's, and, and what's hysterical <laughs> to me about this, and also horrifying, is by the way, guess what? You hear it. When his phone goes off, you know, and then you're so stressed for, for understandable reasons. Every time the man answers the phone, he answers it like it's a crisis. Like, yes, hello. It's like what if if what if your ringtone was I don't know anything else? How about a what if it was just kittens a, purring? I mean, my point here is anything that that crisis alarm. You're only going to answer like the world is ending because that's what that alarm is for. Anyway, everything sorry. is okay. Alarm every three seconds it rings. Well, James recently got promoted at his job as an auto damage adjuster. Okay. Now he's got a brand new company car, the Ford Escape, to get him around during the week. He can't use it for personal miles on the weekend, but he is allowed to run errands between shops and pick up before and after work. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. This raises the question, with his fiance's Nissan Sentra slowly kicking the bucket. <laughs> he says it needs something about every month. <laughs> slowly <laughs> kicking the bucket is a good description. noises. It like could it. go sooner rather than later, it, James. We just we don't really know. don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, they need a new car for her daily. Mm -hmm. But is it worth having a car payment on something they just use for the weekend right now mm. because... It's company car during the week. Yeah, he's still paying off the 124, and it would now be the weekend car. They have a note on that still. Wait a minute. Should we have a weekend car we're paying for and her car we're paying for? And the, oh, this is the navigation. He loves the Abarth 124 in every aspect, other than the soft top, which leaks from time to time on the passenger side, <laughs> earning the name of Christine. Uh-oh. Okay. Everyone That's stops right. to ask what it is because there isn't one Fiat badge on it, and the Abarth model looks more aggressive than the base spiders that he sees retirees driving around. I'm I'm surprised you see any of them driving around. I feel like yeah. I never see that car. I'm not surprised people ask you about it. <laughs> There's more than one? His fiance, however, isn't all that picky with cars, but she likes newer cars. I like the but. I'm not picky, but well, list, 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 but list, list, but, list. But at least there's not a big list to follow. Sometimes we get a big list. It's pretty much just she doesn't want something old and broken down. I mean, that's really what's happening. True, true. Well, she does like the new Ford Maverick pickup okay. and the forthcoming Hyundai Santa Cruz, which actually is out. Those are realistically out of their price range, though. Mm -hmm. Scenario one, James sells the Fiat means he's got a budget of 10 grand in cash for a fun weekend car, preferably a convertible that makes you feel alive in the corners. If somebody would do a video, maybe for YouTube, of a lot of cheap convertibles, like rear-wheel drive cheap convertibles you get for under 10 grand, that'd idea. be helpful. That's a great idea, That'd be actually. a cool video. Moving on. I Well, <laughs> the town is that way. Anyway, name that movie. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. 
<laughs> oh, that was thank you. I just enjoyed that little moment there. Okay, moving on. Well, his, he wants his fiance to get a new car as soon as possible if they do this scenario one. But he's got that convertible that makes you feel alive in the corners is the Fiat 124. Yes, it is. Yes. Don't sell it and then try to shop for a convertible that makes you feel alive in the corners. This is a question for sure. You yeah. have it. Mm-hmm. Scenario two, he pulls the Dave Ramsey financial method, which is the current plan, by the way. Okay. Have the Fiat paid off in 10 months. Hope the Nissan doesn't die before then. Good luck. And they have, will have more options for a new car that has four doors, all-wheel drive, and is under $25,000. Okay. He wanted our two cents to try and make an optimal three-car garage, but open to suggestions for both vehicles. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ford Escape is the weekly. Nissan Sentra for her. Fiat 124 Abart for James. My first question, James, and only you can answer this. My first question here is, okay, so you don't have a car. You, you, you don't use the Fiat anymore during the week. You're not using your fiance's Sentra. You have a Ford Escape that is going to get all the big miles. What is your lifestyle as an as a individual car guy and as a couple? Are you the people that are going to get in at 124 and do something every weekend? Because what I sense here a little bit is the fact that one of the things you love about the 124 is you're driving it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. your car. Yeah. And you don't say how much you do stuff on the weekend. So what I'm wondering is if that car is still going to be mostly parked on the weekend, does it make any sense? If you're a guy who every weekend, honey, we're doing something. We're going to go out here. We're going to take the car. We're going to do that. If, if that's your life, then yes, I totally see keeping the new uh, Fiat in, in play here. But if it's one of the things where maybe once a month we'll get out and we'll drive that car, then I think that financially you should get rid of it. And you get something else cheaper to be that occasional car. And maybe you don't even get it right away. And we just solve your fiance's car problem. My, th- then this is an unknown. I want to talk to both sides of it. But my biggest question is, you say weekend car only. How much does that actually get used? And you may not even know yet. I'm wondering as well. This James, thank you for the email. Can your fiance drive the Abart 124? Does she like it? Mm. Does she like it enough to mm-hmm. use it instead of the Sentra? Yeah. I've got two options for you. One is the now option. One is the later option. Now or later. Okay. The now question is older Ridgelines. She likes the the uh, oh, Ford Maverick. Interesting. She I likes see. the Hyundai Santa Cruz. I see where you are. You know, Honda kind of started that all in about 2006 yeah, with the Ridgeline. That's good. You could shop those for your budget, get her mm. something she really likes. It's used. But the Ridgelines from that era, well, it's a little Tesla cyber trucky. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And they're inexpensive. They're not new. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, 10 grand isn't going to get you into one. It might be pretty beat up for 10 grand. So if you add a little bit to that, the problem is... You've now got two car payments, and you've got a truck old enough where credit unions and banks might not give you the loan mm, for that point. older Ridgeline. point, yeah. So the later option, which I think you're alluding to, is the save option. Mm. Save, save, save your money to the point where you begin budgeting for a mock monthly car payment before the Nissan goes away. Mm-hmm. The Nissan is going away. We know this. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm just not, saying what not everybody even, is thinking. Not even because you don't like it. It clearly is going to catastrophically fail on you. Yes. You're going to have to pull the plug. It just needs to go yep. before it makes its last expensive noise. How about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Budget for this monthly payment so you get used to paying for that monthly payment. Okay. It's already worked into the budget. It's not an additional down the road. You're already working that into the budget while you still have a car, still her car, mm-hmm. until it 
goes away. And it sounds like it needs to go away sooner rather than later. But you set that money aside in anticipation for her because it sounds like you will have to deal with two car payments at some point. Possibly. Depends on how he slices this. For it sure. really yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Because again, if we go back to used cars, sure. But then we're limited to 10 grand in cash. But that's only if you sell the Fiat. But I don't think you want to sell the Fiat because well, but you said I'd, want to, I'd sell it and then go shopping for what I already sold. I get the sense, no though, sense. that if he sells the Fiat, and by the way, I, I haven't looked, but that has to be worth more than ten grand. It has oh, to be. In the ab- current market, I would think so. it has to be. Yeah. But the, the, the thinking here, as, as I read it at least, is that if he sells the Fiat, he has ten grand of play money for the fun car, and they're willing to get a car payment for her. But the problem is to not have two car payments, if avoidable. Right. But in order right. to do that, you have to jettison the Fiat. And that brings me back to my question of how much are you driving it? Because I feel for me and also for you, a lot better about you having a $10,000 Miata Z4, go through our video, $10,000 convertible that you drive every now and then, but is paid for and just sits there versus a $20,000 car on payment that you drive occasionally. I feel much better for you about the $10,000 paid for option. And you know what? If we don't drive it this weekend, it just sits there. It's okay. But is that the third car then at some point? Well, see, I think he's he's got the escape. I, I think You've got the escape for, for work. You sell the Fiat, get as much money as you can out of it. You jettison the center immediately. Mm-hmm. Nissan is out the door. You're willing to take on a car payment for your fiance, but you don't want to have one for the weekend car as well. So what money do you have left over for something fun? I also think that you may end up waiting on that part of the equation mm-hmm. until the market settles a bit. Get out of your Fiat now while it's worth the most it's ever going to be. We're at the back end of summertime. Okay. True. Get out of the Fiat while it's worth the most it possibly is. Set yourself up to buy a new to you but used old convertible late next spring, like shop in March when they they haven't really got like May yet. Shop in like March. Get yourself your new weekend convertible. In the meantime, she goes out and gets herself something brand new, and that becomes your car payment. And I have options for your fiance who doesn't really like cars. Well, let's hear him. Go. I think you should shop Subaru Crosstrek fantastically do anything car. Okay. They run, look, they're not an enthusiast car, but get the sport with a little bit more power. That'll do anything you guys can even think up. They're okay. great little cars. If she'd rather have something nicer than that, then you cross shop that with the Mazda CX 30, which that's, we also really that's like. Competitor. It's not as versatile, but it's, it's a much nicer place to be. But then what about this? Do you and your fiance <clears throat> want her to have a fun car? I thought about this, same kind of price, dealing okay. with the 2025 grand range here. Corolla XSE hatch manual. So that's in that that would not be in addition to. That would be no, the car be, for her. That would still be the car for her. Yeah. I, the, what we haven't said here is clearly it sounds like she has um, tolerance of your car love. Okay. She's right. now the Minister of Finance. Right. Is she interested in having something that just is exciting for her to drive? And And the most geeky car person version of that is that XSE and the fantastic blue with a manual. That's pretty good. Those are very fun. That's pretty good. But again, Subaru Crosstrek Mazda CX-30, both of those I think you both would like, and they're in that roughly $25,000 range. I do like both of the the first two options. In that vein, I was thinking the Kia Seltos that we found Mm -hmm. had a dual-clutch transmission. It's got a seven-speed dual-clutch transmission and a turbocharger for $21,000. New. Big surprise. Yes, for sure. That car was such a it was such a surprise and it's the useful one. Mm-hmm. But then you have the escape that does the same thing the Seltos does even though yeah, you're not allowed to not use allowed it on the weekends. This is that's the when oh, you'd want it. That's frustrating, yeah. 
But we got to get her out of the center either way. Yeah, we do. All right. So center goes, I, mm, here's the question that only you can answer James. And that is because you really want the scenario one, a convertible that makes Mm -hmm. you feel alive in the corners. Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to, I, I suppose with the, with the used option, he does get that back. Yes. But that's later. Yes. It's how long do you want to live without that? And as a car enthusiast, we all have to gauge mm-hmm. For how sure. long do I want For to sure. live without an enthusiast car? Yeah. Some people can't and they're willing to pay. Other people can say, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let mm-hmm. it ride for now. I'm going to do what's right. And <laughs> well, well, right. But, define right. But we're, we're in the back end of good summertime driving weather. That car is probably not going to get driven much over the winter anyway. And we're talking about the Fiat. 124 being put into kind of like reserve status. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think get out now while it's worth more money than it's going to be next year. Yeah. I say, yeah, get rid of both cars, put a little bit of money aside because we were looking at five grand, six, seven, eight grand. There's mm-hmm. a sweet spot still for those cars that still do that Fiat 124 thing. Yeah. Now there's a twist here. Uh-oh. That is the maintenance. The Fiat is not going mm-hmm. to cost him anything. True. It's going to sit there and then it's just going to run. Yeah. Whereas one of these older cheap sports cars will need something done to it. So that's money out of pocket. You're going to have to gauge that James. But I do like the idea of let's get her solved. Let's get her car solved. Whether it is a hot hatch, it could be anything. It could be a civic SI. It could Mm -hmm. be a golf. It could be any number of hot hatches that are useful. Yeah. Yeah. It gets that thing solved for her and that's your car payment. And then, Spend, you know, save your money, put that aside. I, I do like that a lot. I believe that this 10 grand cash is probably the delta between what he owes and what he can get for it. That might be what he's probably, estimating. Probably true, yeah. So yeah. maybe you can add a little but bit to But it's worth more now than it's ever been. For sure. Yeah. So you're just going to have to wait through the winter and look and see, and maybe you do buy something over the winter. That is the time to That's buy. That's the time to buy a convertible sometime when it's still snowing outside. It is car wash season. Always wash your car in a cool, shady spot, and always use the Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer or the Boss Foam Cannon from Griot's Garage. You can create a high-foam blizzard party right in your driveway with little to no work and avoid the wash-induced scratches. It's the safest way to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. And don't forget, Griot's also has full ceramic family of products, including Speed Shine, Wash and Coat, and a 3-in-1 Wax. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all the liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order just for our audience. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Our second car debate is from Chris, who's writing in, and uh, he said, I am a car nut. He just It's almost like an AA meeting with this email. He just starts it by high... <laughs> My name's Chris. I'm a car nut. And then here's the listing of all the crazy things he's yeah. owned over the years. Everything he's owned has been manual. We're talking Mustangs. There's a Cobra in there. There's a Dodge Shelby Charger. There's a Dodge Stealth. There's multiple Miatas, six Miatas across the first two generations, two Corvettes. He's a bit of a car guy, and we're trying again. If you're an enthusiast writing to this email, you don't have to say, I'm a car enthusiast. <laughs> We don't get emails from people that aren't generally. I mean, we exactly. occasionally we get people that they, they haven't been a car person, and but now at least they are. Because that, that's how you found LED us. lighting companies from China. But there's that as well. There's a lot of those. Super Happy Light Company wants to give me a light bar there's for something lot. I don't own. Yeah, that happens too. Well, every car, as Todd said, has been a manual for Chris. He's always looking for the perfect driver's car, 
but he hasn't quite found it. He recently sold his 2004 Corvette C506 and a mm. Mazda Speed Miata to search for a newer car. Okay. Both were great. We agree. In fact, he says the Miata shifted and handled the way he likes. And the Z06 has all the power he likes. Mm, I see where we're going. But he didn't track either car, and that is not important to him. Okay. Both cars had the feeling of, I like to drive this as soon as you sit down in it. But both were lacking, he says. He thinks that because they were both 17 years old, he might mm. be longing for just a newer car in general. That sure, can mean sure, yeah. the feel of things. That can mean maintenance. That can mean mm-hmm. tech, safety. But he said they felt long in the tooth. We get yeah, it. for sure. He's in search of a car that combines the attributes of both cars that he had. He would like to drive it five days a week, and his budget is $30,000. Okay, all right. He has criteria in order. Mm, interesting, yeah. These are, these are especially specific in order. Top of the list is reliable. Mm-hmm. Somewhat powerful. Number three is a blast to drive. Number four, manual transmission. Five, a little depreciated. He'd rather not buy a new car, but he's... I get it. He's You're not open. wanting to go 17 years old or older than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then number six on the list is, he says, I kind of wanted to be a head turner. I see it. He thought about a Cayman or a Boxster, but the Porsche tax scares him. <laughs> yes. It, uh, it does exist. It does yes. exist. They are phenomenal when they run, when they need stuff. Just add about 20% to whatever you were planning on that costing. That seems to be about the case. <laughs> what are these leeches doing on my wallet? Why do they have a Porsche badge on them? <laughs> With but the they're very nice. They're carbon fiber leech- <laughs> leeches. <laughs> it's true. With the Mazda and the Corvette, he says they were very reliable, and parts to fix were cheap and easy to get. He enjoys doing most easy jobs on his cars in the garage. Fair enough. Well, get this. He also thought about an Elise. Mm-hmm. I saw that. But he knows absolutely nothing about Lotus ownership. I don't know much. But Tell any- us about Lotus ownership. What do <laughs> you, you know, have to know? Chris, here's, here's the big takeaway. I, I think the hardest thing about owning an Elise is who are you going to have work on it? And, and the answer is, uh, it can be anybody, honestly. It, it, it's not like you must go to the dealer that sells Lotus in your area and it's four hours away. That, that's not the case. I, I went to a race shop in Salt Lake before. I, I've had stuff done at two or three other places, but right now our local mechanic five minutes from me does some of the best work I've ever seen on my Lotus because their mechanics are interested in the car and they do great work. He's okay. had tourists in Park City wrench on his car. People just walking <laughs> yeah, along exactly. the street. Yeah, exactly. Could you help me here? That's got a leak. Just oh, help, sure. Hold this. No, these but, are easy. But 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 the trick here is who's going to work on it. And in some cases, it might just be finding a, a reliable mechanic who's willing. If you can solve that problem, the ownership's kind of straightforward. I mean, we're talking about Toyota running gear under there. The problem is the car is two halves. And I'm not understating. Literally, there is a front half of the car and there's a back half of the car, the clams, and then there's the doors in the middle. It comes together like a clam. If you damage either clam, it's either fiberglass repair, which might work, or buy a new clam, which can be quite expensive and sometimes takes a good part of the year to get one, which is why so often you find them with salvage title because an insurer is just like, nope, don't care, just writing it off, okay? So if if you get things dinged, that's the problem, but mostly... They're difficult to work on because they're weird. Yeah. But as long as somebody's willing to work on it and take all the panels off the bottom and put it on the lift right, and there's some other things, what's going on under there? Quite straightforward. Hardware store owners, ski patrol, they can all look, they can all work <laughs> on your car. The ski patrol is currently working on my Lotus Elise. <laughs> I'm going to get some runs in. <laughs> well, Chris drove a new WRX, and he hated how notchy the shifter was compared to both of his previous cars. Mm. I understand that, but... 
we kind of like Nachi. Well, Nachi can be good. Here's the problem with Nachi as a word for car journalists, and I've seen it used both ways. Some car journalists use Nachi as a curse, and mm-hmm. some use it as a benefit. Mm-hmm. And it's been used interchangeably, and it that's the problem. Yeah, People have can. used it both ways. It hasn't been defined. And while we're on Nachi shifters and lotuses, I will say... I have an aftermarket shift kit. I have uh, different cables, and I have uh, solid engine mounts, by the way, that makes the car quite shaky when it stopped. But it makes it shift much better than any Elise ever driven. The original stock setup of the stick shift, the feel of the stick shift, I don't know if you'd like it, Chris, because it's not that great in stock form. It can be solved. Mine's great. It can be solved. But if you drive an Elise, prepare for the fact that in stock form, it's not a great shifter feel. It's not that great. Well, Chris is wondering, can we point him in the right direction? And we hope to, Chris. But I want to break this down, first of all, because even though I've said it kiddingly about the 2003 Porsche Boxsters for under $8,000, which are perfect. They do exist. There isn't a perfect car. True. And no car can be absolutely perfect. Why do we want them to be? I mean, over the course of, say, five or ten years, not to mention the course of your life, your tastes and your preferences change, and your income changes, and your lifestyle changes, and your location changes. Mm -hmm. So to extrapolate out of this list your current desires, you're saying you don't want a track car, you like speed. Whether it's straight line acceleration or hanging on to your speed, Mm -hmm. you also like something newer, newer, but reliable should theoretically come along with the word newer. Theoretically, it doesn't always. <laughs> yes, true, true. And beautiful and manual. And you looked at the Porsches, but I don't want you to run away just mm-hmm. because of the, the looming potential. Because even though they can have them, you said you like to do the easy stuff. Well, if you do oil changes on your own Porsche, whatever that is, you're saving dealership time or shop yeah, time yeah, right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You're just paying for the cost of the oil sure, and the filter. Sure. So, okay. Things like that. And you, you're already kind of mitigating that a little bit. But if you buy right, and with $30,000, it's not like you're getting an $8,000 Boxster, right? Oh, with sure. That's scariness true. No, attached. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Didn't come with the maintenance records. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the way Todd and I buy cars. Yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but you've got thirty grand <laughs> to buy. Thirty grand for the used Boxster Cayman is much different, to your point, than buying one that's like, I can't believe this one's that cheap. <laughs> it's a very different headspace. Right. You get a very different car. I was thinking about the Cayman T for you because it's Ooh. lightweight, unique. Hard to find. Yeah. They might not be down there in price enough. They are, but it is intriguing. But front engine, rear drive, and a manual. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for things we haven't suggested yet, you've kind of described a Viper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll, we'll, right? Yes. Right? uh, If they're a 30 grand, you'll be, you'll, Definitely solve the I liked the Corvette power thing. I don't know that the Miata handling is going to be no. solved in that equation. It's a truck it, it, engine. I'm, I'm laughing about it. It's got a big old V10. That'll be pretty crazy. <laughs> Chris, can we double your budget? <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> I, see, here, here's why I ask. Uh, can can we not not increase it? Can we double it? It I happens. Sense, That's the only thing. It does happen. I sense because you said your budget is 30, mm-hmm. it is not predicated on any financial value. That's how much you want to budget, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. how much mm-hmm. you can budget. And those are different things. It does have that tone. That's that's quite intriguing that you did that because it does have that tone about it. Because in the next sentence, you talked about being concerned about paying $40,000 for a Civic. It wasn't yeah. 40 because he was talking about Civic Type R in another paragraph. It wasn't that the Civic Type R is out of his budget. He just didn't know if he wanted to spend 40 k on a Civic. 
there's a big difference there is between a difference there. You're right. That's being intriguing. able to afford something or yeah. wanting to afford something. Yeah, I see it. So thirty thousand dollars, I feel like is massively flexible. That's that's what he has given himself. I, I, that's a good way to read it. I see where you are. And because I feel that way, and because I think that, I want to get you into a 2011 BMW 1M. Whoa, okay. You have doubled the budget. Yep. Phenomenal. 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 Different than you've had. Mm -hmm. It does combine straight line speed and power, but the handling, oh, so delightful. Yeah, it's very good. So much fun. Unique. You will look back at that. It is a little depreciated. They have, have held their value. But they're just hanging on now, though. They're a decade old at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the issue. I yeah. know you've had older yeah. cars, so you're going to have to weigh that against uh, buying a 10-year-old BMW. But the, on the other hand, the ones that have been driven extensively have been maintained. There's mm-hmm. others that are lower mileage. So I would love to think, again, this is not a blanket statement, that you could get into a BMW 1M that would be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. It'll need stuff. But if you're scared by that still, how about an Acura NSX, the first generation? Oh, that's twice as budget at least. Yeah. I'm doubling your budget. You, you certainly are, yeah. Then you could get into what amounts to a Honda Accord mm-hmm. with that shape. And, and great dynamics. Great dynamics. Does not drive like a Honda Accord. And sometimes some Accords can be great. Still doesn't drive like a Honda Accord. But it's, for the most part, reliable like a yeah. Honda Accord. Yeah, yeah. And it's unique. Now, again, it's old. So let's throw that out. And let's go back to your original budget. <laughs> Okay. I just had right. to step away. I, I, I enjoyed the little diversion there. That was excellent. It was very good. <laughs> well, see, I was thinking BMW M2s, which kind of, that's like a 1.5 1. budget there. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. But how about a 240i? Yeah. Let's just very go good. 240i. Very good. You could go cheaper than that. Go the one series, the older one series, but then you're going older. Mm-hmm. But what about a 240i? Manual transmission. They're a car done Right. They're a car mm-hmm. that's fast. They're a car. They're, it's not a specific, like a Cayman. Sure. Well, I got to sure, commit sure. to this. Yeah. It's still yeah. a car. You want to just putter around it. It's got a trunk, back seats. Mm-hmm. Looks like a normal car shape. Yeah. Great. Sure. But it's got this underpinnings. It's got this dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. It's got this rotation and fun feel, fun mm-hmm. factor about mm-hmm. it that is so good that it kind of is between that big, powerful Z06 and a little tiny Miata. It's kind of walks mm-hmm. the line right in between there. It doesn't match everything, you know, sure, box sure, to sure. box. I was thinking, you know, all the GT cars, you know, mm-hmm. Jaguar F-types and Aston Martin Vantages and, you know, Corvette ZR1s, you know, from the yeah, C4 generation. Yeah, yeah. He's already had a Corvette. All those are older. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit scary from a, uh, where do I take it to get maintained? But a newer M240i, I think you'd like. I can see it. I can see it. That's good. I, I have to come back to something you said, Paul, that I think is very key in this email. He's given us a $30,000 budget in the back half of the email. He talks about cars that he's looked at that are forty grand, mm-hmm. which does make it a bit flexible. Doesn't so it suggest, like, I, I just, I don't want to so afford So more. I'm thinking we're, sh- we're shopping around thirty, which is where I'm landing. Around thirty, maybe as much as forty. I will say this. Chris, I think you were the perfect buyer for a Supra manual, which doesn't exist. Yeah. I think you want a Supra with a manual, what which a great brings car. me here. It doesn't exist. Which brings me here. I think you might be an interested buyer in the new Z car. That's interesting. 400 horsepower, twin turbo. It's bound to handle pretty well, and it is brand new. Now, again, you're buying a brand new car. True. True. Which you're not thrilled about. But I do think that a manual Supra or the upcoming Z car are right along the lines of what you're looking for. Now, Something you mentioned earlier, Paul, that I want to come back to, Chris, is whatever this car is you're about to spend this money on, not going to be perfect. 
I'm just putting that out there because we are all car people. <laughs> yes, yes. You will like it. I Hopefully, you will love it. Hopefully, it will be all the reasons we tell you to buy a fun car. And there will still come a day when you're like, you know, I think I'd like fill in the blank. And that, you know, and if you're like us, if you're as bad as we are, you'll be looking 48 hours after the car's in your garage. Mm-hmm. You'll be yep. like, yeah, but you know, I could have done that while the yep. other car is still leaking new car smell all over your garage. You're in here looking at Auto Tempest <laughs> going, you know what's gotten cheap? That's what happens to me. But <laughs> it's true. What about a brand new GR86? I'm looking down your list, and I think it's most of the boxes. Okay. Let me go back to the list. Okay. Reliable. It's brand new. Yeah, now, true. it's brand new. You don't love that. That is the downside. But it's brand new at like 30 grand. It's sure, not brand new sure. at 50 or 60 or whatever. Reliable because it's brand new. Somewhat powerful. Now, not powerful like your Corvette is concerned, but more powerful than the Miata you're getting rid Very of. Very true. And also now feels powerful enough. That's the big thing. Before it was like, well, this is disappointing. This one, at least you're like, okay, it feels about right. A blast to drive? Absolutely. Manual? One of the best in the business. Then it says a little depreciated. No, it's a brand new car. You will lose money on that equation. But he's you probably going to sure. keep it a while. So you're you're fine, Chris. And then head turner wise, I think now not everybody. I don't think that styling is universal, but I think a lot, especially the early ones, people can be like, what is that? That's really cool. True. And you could go start thinking about getting one now. The manual super doesn't currently exist. The Z car isn't out yet. You could get a GR86. And I think that is, I feel like that is the merge of your older Miata and your older Corvette. I think that is where they merge. You know, you may be right. I dislike recommending cars before we've actually driven them or before they're available on the market yet. But I sense mm-hmm. that we're going to start recommending that Z car more often than not. I think so For too. people that want to spend more, get more power and are willing to pay for that and have that in their life. And because we're going to recommend the GR86 so much because it is so good. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. It's very good. It's it's now, I genuinely really like it. I would own one of those cars. I, I, it's what so I, good. They're very cool. They're very cool. But then this Z is going to come along, and we're mm-hmm. probably going to recommend that a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's really going to stick in the craw of a lot of enthusiasts if Supra isn't a manual. I still think it's coming. I think it's been, I think it's been I on would, the books before the Z car was even announced. I, think, I hope so. I think there's been a countdown at Toyota to manual comes out in this model year. I Welcome that thought. I hope so, because if that's the case, then they've already budgeted for it and budgeted for that manufacturing change. I think it's coming. It's minor, Mm -hmm. but it's still a a bit of a thing to, Mm -hmm. you know, configure the assembly line and make sure we do it right. Because if they do, ooh, it's on. The fact that the Z4 was originally available with a manual suggests to me. True. Depending on the engine. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Yeah. So I think I think it's always been in the plan. I hope so. We have not heard anything official, but but the big thing sorry Toyota's just holding back and uh, Mr. Burnsing their fingers. Yes, we're off on a side note, but here's the one thing that really (laughs) struck me when they first released the current Supra. And we've heard it more than once. This is what we have heard from Toyota. They wanted to do something a little bit different and interesting every year of the car's life cycle. That's true. Sometimes it's just been paint. But look at year one to year two, there were engine changes that resulted in more power. Mm-hmm. They want to do a little tweak. Can you believe the new Supra has this every single year? I'm sorry, but when the, when the Z4 has already had a manual transmission, I don't think that the manual is off the table. I think it's in the plan. And now that the Z is getting talked about, just because <laughs> it's a manual. Read, yes. Pick your outlet. I'm ranting. Pick your outlet. 
that you get car news from. And I guarantee you in their first paragraph on the Z car was 400 horsepower manual transmission. And somewhere in the article, it was can't get that with the Supra. Toyota reads stuff, folks. Absolutely, so do all the they manufacturers. Do. I, the tinting of fingers is happening. That that might explain mm-hmm. the steepling of fingers yeah. and the the Doctor Evil cackling yes. in the background. And I think they're just biding their time. Of course, we talk about Haggerty. We love Haggerty. We're big fans. They're great supporters of us. But I don't think we've mentioned the new offering they've announced late last year. That's called Garage and Social. It's like a big, fun clubhouse for car lovers. Each location offers climate-controlled storage, complete vehicle maintenance and service, plus tons of events and experiences exclusively for their members. But you don't even have to own a car to be part of this club. They've got social memberships that give people all the perks without the storage. They have multiple locations in Chicago, New York, Delray Beach in Florida, and Miami, too. They're not slowing down either, and they're announcing new locations all the time. We're just hoping that one's going to come to Park City. Maybe someday it will. Learn more about this exclusive car club and storage facility at garageandsocial.com. There's so many questions. I'm going to... Okay. Let me let me back up and be real personal for a second. <laughs> okay. Of the last 24 hours of my life before we recorded <laughs> this podcast, 18 of those were spent in heavy post-production to get out the five-car YouTube piece. And I thank you for that, by the way. So I'm a little on edge about it. I'm a little... <laughs> I mean, I have to come back to the fact that you guys have shown up in droves to watch the first piece, and I'm so excited. Agreed. And I'm excited about I'm the thrilled. second piece yes. to show you that. it's a co- to- The other thing about it is it's a totally new piece. There's, It's not, not a duplicate footage at all. Like I edited it two ways. No, no, we shot it two ways. Yes. I have yes. two different pieces. I'm excited about this piece. Uh, it puts me a little on edge for <laughs> why did you, could you, should have, would have kind of comments. And there are a few about this. So I'm going to dive in here because the water's cold. Do um, it. Do it. First off, I, there's a few of these comments that come up on the YouTube piece, but I want to address them here. A few of people have said, not possible, guys. Not possible. $8,000, not possible. None of those cars exist. Uh, folks, the cars that weren't included, there's a question about that too. The cars that weren't included were because they didn't follow the following test. This was shot a few weeks ago. Yeah. And up until yeah. we booked all the cars, we were constantly checking, checking Auto Tempest to make sure there were lots of examples available. I'm not talking like this one lives under a tarp and doesn't run. I'm talking like go buy this car examples available for under eight grand. And I went so far as to check the morning we shot. I'm glad I you did because I wanted did. to be like, yeah. I, if I'm, did they all vanish? What's happened? Because the price, I didn't want it. When we first started looking at this shoot, it was three months ago, three or four months ago. We first started talking about it and I kept checking because I was like, I'm watching the market move. Mm-hmm. Some of these are mm-hmm. going to walk right out of the price consideration. And two of them that we really wanted were we wanted a C5 Corvette, not possible. We wanted an S2000, not possible. Yep. Both of them walked out of it. Now we are searching with Auto Tempest, you can hit the link. The, the link is pre-built on the YouTube videos, by the way. We are searching Auto Tempest nationwide. And here's the other trick. Auto Tempest, because it searches everywhere and will take your search all over the place, will give you every, listen to this, every major metropolitan area of Craigslist. Yep. The stuff you can find will astound you. Indeed. So yes. everything we shot... All of those have multiple options available for under eight grand. That doesn't necessarily mean the car we had our butts in would have sold for eight. Right. Like that solstice that we were in, that car had barely been driven its entire life. I'm sure that guy could sell it for more than eight. But of course. He thought it was worth 20, and it's not. Uh, But uh, it's not. Probably worth about 10. Sure. Or 11. Okay. But plenty of what? Solstice? Solstice. Plenty of those available for eight. 
But even to the point that the morning we shot, this is why I brought that up, I found another 2003, that is a 986.2, 2003 black with gray interior Boxster the morning we shot. And it looks great. So they're out there. You just got to dig. Well, this also, just to tack onto this, this also explains in the, uh, up at the top before the video, before Mm -hmm. you start watching the video, or Mm -hmm. just right under the video, the description. Yes, sir. Includes our parameters. Oh, yes, it does. For the cheap sports car challenge. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't rear wheel drive, it didn't make the list. The interesting point here, there's a, you're you're, you're brushing up against something (laughs) that I've seen. How do I say this? A lot. Yeah. The most common, why isn't this included comment on all of YouTube is, guys, there's a question here about it as well. Uh, Jared Rose asked about a couple of cars. Why no Audi TT? Now, this tells me two things. One, it tells me there are a lot of people out there that really like the Audi TT. Which is great. It also tells me that all of those Audi TT fans do not realize the car never came in rear-wheel drive. Never. Nope. Not possible. This was not, you notice, it was not a cheap convertible comparison, bring all options. Right. It was a cheap sports car comparison. Now, we've talked before. The sports car, what is the definition? That's been blurred over the years. We've argued that there are some front-wheel drive cars out here. We could almost argue are sports cars. But the traditional definition was what we did, two-seat rear-wheel drive. Now, some of those happen to be roadsters because that's very common as well. Many of them are. It's just but also going with two seats took out, let's be honest, the 86 chassis, gone. The Mustang, the Camaro, the, the Genesis Coupe. These are all fascinating cars in their own right, all off the table. Yep. Available, yep. all off the table. Now that the 86 actually climbed back out of our parameters. It used to hit it, eight grand it was and then in, climbed it back out. out. C4 and C5 Corvettes. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for something. I was really hoping for well, a Corvette. The C4 Corvette. was too old. The C5 is too expensive. Yep. So yep. we had a lot of them that came in and out. The, the two that I really wanted the most, I wanted, there was a question here, uh, B. Swinsky asked, what cars do we most wish had been in there? I wish the S2000 and the C5 Corvette, but they both priced right out of the comparison. There have been questions about the Chrysler Crossfire, which I have to say, you know what? Good option. Would have worked. We had a list of about 11 cars when we started, and we knew we probably couldn't shoot more than eight. We did eight test drives in a day. Okay, yeah, that we was shot a, lot. <laughs> a lot of stuff. That was a big day. That was a big day. But we knew we could probably legitimately shoot about eight cars. So we always had kind of like a fringe car, and the Crossfire was one of those kind of fringe cars. Honestly, when we were looking, we didn't find very many Crossfires, let alone, I mean, nationwide, let alone in our area to source one. Yeah. So not only is it a culling of the list, but it's also are the two cars just too similar because the Crossfire really is the SLK underneath. There's Mercedes bones in there. Yeah. Now, you could argue, well, you guys had a Z3 and a Z4, but those cars really do feel different. The dynamics are dramatic enough for us to include both. And that's why we did. Seth K has a great question. I've wondered this subconsciously, but you put it into words. Okay. Why do all the tire widths end in five, 205, 255, 325, et cetera? I decided to tackle this question, Seth. Okay, good. I'm excited too, because tires are funny, funny things. They are weird. The NHTSA measures tire tread depths in fractions, temperature testing tolerance in Celsius, height and width in a metric ratio, Rim diameters in inches and gross vehicle weight ratings in pounds. What? Yeah. We've read anecdotes (laughs) blaming this on some weird harmonics when car manufacturers come out with a car and so they change something slightly, or maybe it's the conversion of old truck tires into the new standard. So 12 inches wide on a 22 and a half inch wheel is 304.8 millimeters wide. Let's call it 305. Let's call it a 305. Let's go with that. 
However, some quick research indicates the ISO, the International Organization for Standardization Documentation ISO 4000-1 2021. Wow, that's a riveting. I love those paragraphs. Those are awesome. <laughs> I dug in, Seth. Yeah, you did. Dictating the section width shall end with either a zero or a five. For sizes mount on five-degree tapered code-designated <laughs> rims, the nominal section width designation shall end in five. Ah, you knew there was paperwork. There were memos. That's really, that, that's really the short version. There were memos. Seth, in other words, because they said so. <laughs> that is true. That's very good. First, thou pullest the holy pin. Then thou must count to three. Three shall be the number of the counting, and the number of the counting shall be three. Four shalt thou not count. Neither shall thou count to two, excepting that thou shalt then proceedeth to three. And five is right out. <laughs> Occam writes in on Twitter, how are you, man? He writes in and he says, what are those sheets of paper stuck to the inside door panels on the MX-5? Occam, thank you for noticing, just so that I can cringe a little bit with you. Here's the thing that happened. We had eight cars on day one of this shoot. It's actually, we... we Talk about divide and conquer. There was a battle plan. We almost had camo on. It was crazy. Yeah. We put all these eight cars up, and we had we had little sheets on every single car that were essentially shoot sheets of this is everything that must be shot on this car. That included our interviews. That included all of the beauty, all of the interior, all of the follow footage, the car-to-car stuff, the drive-bys. Everything needs to be shot. But we also knew all four of us are working with each car. All four of us are walking around with cameras. How do you keep track? If I'm over here and Edgar's on the other side of the parking lot, what do I, what's been shot on the box? I don't even know. We had sheets in every car. Mm-hmm. Yep. We happened yep. to shoot the Miata first. I didn't take the sheet off the door. <laughs> That's really as simple as it was. It was that was the, 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 the shoot reference sheet. Then we also had uh, references in the car for uh, our kind of talking point stats. Those were in there as well. We got smarter after we shot the Miata first. It was like, oh, we had those up. That, I'm going to see that on camera. And I got in the post and was mad at myself, but thanks for noticing. Club Racer 6 says, speaking of Porsche, Paul, do you see yourself not having something from Stuttgart in my personal fleet? I mean, I could go over to Mercedes. It's just across town. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) But as a fellow P-Car owner, he says he gets it, so be honest. It's okay. If I were without one, what mark would most likely fill that slot? It's the cars that we're talking about. And I know you're going to groan because we're going to be talking about the GR86 so much. But I liked it so much, I would own that one. It is Mm. now under Gazoo Racing. It is now a different car. Mm. It's not Mm. a, we're kind of trying stuff and playing around. They are serious about it. It Mm. is evident. It is fantastic. I really, really liked it to the Mm. point where I would own one. I'd also own a Supra and I might own a Z. I I like those cars a lot. Thankfully they exist. Yeah. GT car kind of style, even though I love mid engine cars, Mm -hmm. there's not many mid engine cars out there. So Corvette's definitely on the list. I could see myself. We've got actually a Mm -hmm. TV piece coming out onto YouTube soon within another week and a half here. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, really we're focused on handling mid engine cars, Mm -hmm. C eight Corvette, versus base Cayman. And these were as base of cars as we could possibly get. They're like eight grand apart, which is next to impossible to figure out, by the way. This was shot in Nevada in Valley of Fire State Park in and Mm -hmm. around that area. And not only is the footage fantastic, but the roads revealed what we thought was better. Mm -hmm. And I'm not giving anything away by saying, I love the Corvette. Yeah. It's excellent. It's a brand new chassis. Mm -hmm. But as far as mid-engine cars, it's just, it's bigger. It's heavier. It's large, even though it does amazing things. You know, what's out there that I would really like? And that classic front engine, rear wheel drive, sports car kind of feel with a lot of power up front, that can't be denied. And that's why car manufacturers are still building those. So maybe any one of those three, maybe a Corvette, something like Mm -hmm. that. But 
shoot, I even like that Mercedes AMG GTS, but that's, you know, across town. Across <laughs> town. It is. Mercedes so, is on the other side of Porsche. Some car guy has another uh, cheap car question, not specifically about the video, but about the fact that we've even done this. He said, when you're buying cheaper cars... Oh, hang on. This strikes me something else in my head. Ping. Uh, $8,000. You can look at it two ways. There's been questions about this. I've gotten into conversations on YouTube. They're very valid, by the way. $8,000 is not a small amount of money. Let me just put that out there. If you have eight grand to spend on something, still a lot of money. I, they're cheap in car land, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't want to acknowledge. I don't want to ignore the fact that look, there's been plenty of times in my life when I've been like eight thousand dollars for a car is just not happening. I have four. Okay, I've been there. I have absolutely been there, and I I may return. Who knows? But the point here is, the average new car price in this country is up to like forty grand new car, and the average used transaction is like twenty twenty five. If I remember correctly, the last stat I saw. So in that comparison, eight thousand dollars is a you can't see the air quotes cheap car. Mm-hmm, it may be mm-hmm. a lot of money. If it's your only car, I understand you've got to shop very differently than we are for cheap sports cars. We've loved doing this because so many of you have said to us for years, guys, I, I can't afford a $30,000 sports car. I've got ten grand. we have had that conversation more times than much more times we've talked about it on the podcast, which is what was the impetus for us doing the challenge and then doing this piece. But if you're shopping for a, quotes again, cheap sports car, the question from Sim Car Guy is, those interiors are probably kind of beat. And they are on our cars. They are on some of the other cars in this piece. For sure. For sure. What do we recommend to freshen it up? Febreze? (laughs) There is that. There is that. (laughs) And we're done. Okay. There's a nice ad. But no, the thing is, what is bothering you about it? If the surfaces are just beat on, like they were on your Mercedes, for example, Griot's products, it's amazing how much it can bring surfaces back. Some of the surfaces in in the Z4, I'm not even good at it, came back as a result. But <laughs> you spray it what where exactly it works, but my Z4 seat is broken down, and frankly, yeah, I could try to have the seat reupholstered. I would have just bought other seats. I would have just gone to carpart.com or whatever it is, and you you have the seats shipped to you. I would have just bought seats out of a car that was less broken down, or you could go aftermarket for seats. I'm spending some money now. Okay, I knew I was going to have it for a year, and we were going to do some mileage, but not a ton of mileage. If I'd kept that car more than a year, if it was my personal car, I would have replaced the seats. That's a key one. I think the big thing that makes a car seem refreshed is new tech in the dash. You've got Bluetooth and and streaming and all that kind of stuff in the dash. It's amazing how much that brings it along. And then fixing the things that you always touch. If the steering wheel's awful and the the stick shift is awful, uh, you've got to fix those. You've got to get a a new version of that, a new wrap or whatever, because that touch point, even when you're not looking at it, subconsciously tells you all the time, oh, this is kind of nasty in here. Mm -hmm. If you replace Mm -hmm. the touch points, I think the scratch in the door and the thing that's nicked over here, who cares? Yeah, I'm with you. You know, Covercraft sells seat covers. That's a really good way to start off. You could go farther than that and get seats reupholstered, or you could find new seats. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's an investment. Even just a reupholster, because... When I worked for Kawasaki, I was told early in my career that motorcycle enthusiasts look at the seat on the bike as the very first thing. You look at the bike, Mm -hmm. your eyes go straight to the seat. If the seat looks comfortable and it looks like a good ride height, you think, I like that bike. Kind of intrigued by that. Mm. Seat looks pretty good. Then, you know, let's go from there. But that was generally it. And that's what car enthusiasts look for in the interior. How are the seats? Travels with George Day says, what car options or features do we find to be totally useless? For example, he's got a car with a glass roof that doesn't open. <laughs> Good news, the new Venza does too. It's electrochromic glass. Yes. The button is fun. It's, <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's, a, it's a great little gag. It really is. And then every, like eight minutes later, you're like, okay, cool. 
<laughs> that happened. Moving on. Do I want it clear or do I want it opaque? I think I'm done. You know, I feel like it's all the brand new features. All mm. the lane keeping assist and all the rear alerts and all the... There's a few that are standouts mm. that are worthwhile. But I feel like car manufacturers are going so overboard with safety systems mm -hmm. that it's made everybody turn into medicated idiots on the road. Yeah, I hear that. And I mean that facetiously, just we're, we're lulled into this, well, my car has all the safety you know, yeah. features on it, so I must be safe kind of feel, when indeed they become useless to drivers like all of us who are engaged, mm -hmm. enthusiastic, and we look over our shoulders when we're, when we're backing up and changing lanes, and we're aware, constant, we're driving, we're engaged, we're driving with purpose. We're not just steering along and trying not to crash in, into anything. Mm -hmm. That is not the metric by which we measure your performance of driving. <laughs> the fact that you got home is not a, I'm a good driver. I didn't hit anything today. <laughs> Yay me! Uh, I must be doing good. No. Well, that, that makes me think about the fact that there are, you're right, there's, there's way too many safety systems. There's actually one that I've grown to love. Okay. And then there's the one I loathe. The one I love actually is cross-traffic alert. That is brilliant in I admit, parking lots. That's good. Especially as a guy who likes small cars and invariably is somehow parked between two vans. Fair enough. I have no enough. idea anybody's coming. Sure. And I'm creeping out as best I can, but I, can, I won't see until I'm halfway down the body width of the car that you're coming. Sure. Cross traffic alert is awesome. But lane keep assist is annoying from everyone that makes it. Absolutely. Because I just feel like now I'm, I'm either fighting the car or at some point I'm just going to give up and let it do it. Neither of which are conclusions I want to come to. I mean, there's so many alerts in some of the cars, the new cars we've driven, that it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so annoyed and stressed out that now I can't concentrate on the passengers in my car or the destination I'm going to or what I need to do in actual driving. It's so annoying and it's, it's just too much. You can't have a safety bong for every little, <laughs> somebody got within 30 feet of your car. Oh no, let's drive. Let's drive and i mean that in every sense of the word and ignore some of these safety systems unfortunately insurers like that because they think it's safe they yeah, think you're safer sure. because of all sure. this electronic tech mm -hmm. if we were all did a driver improvement what about that instead you know the one i'd be so annoyed i agree the one i've started to see now i'm a guy that when you give me more than two doors i put my stuff in the back seat i will yeah. open the rear door put sure. my stuff in the back seat sure and then when i park the car the car freaks out because you put something in the back. Isn't your kid back there? It's yeah. like, it was the, I have Check stopped. The back seat. I have stopped many times, like to get groceries and that kind of stuff. And I have stopped and I sit there for three or four seconds going, why is the car freaking out when I turned it off? And then it dawns on me, oh, that's right. You keep opening the rear door, idiot, and putting oh, yeah. things back there. Milk. Inanimate <laughs> objects are back there now. And the car is angry. We should milk almonds because almonds make milk. Yes, they do. Many other things as well. Yes. <laughs> Good luck making that work. What else? Uh, oh, Track Day of the Crush from Mystic Negro. 80s Countach. Mm -hmm. And a Testarossa. An AMG GT. Ooh. Ooh. It's not all Italian? Huh. Gotta have some <laughs> sort of weird Maserati or Alpha in there. I, yeah, like a Biturbo or something. I am going to race going to track the AMG GT because that, that makes all kinds of sense. Yes. I am going to daily the Testarossa because side strikes. <laughs> interesting. You like those a lot. That's I interesting. Do. Okay. I do. And Which it's means still crushing the Countach. But that means the Countach gets crushed, hammered, done. Wow. I, I, mm, I don't agree with you, but that's interesting. I, hmm, I think that I end up crushing the Testarossa for really? similar reasons. 
because I, because I just want to be a guy that daily's a Kuntosh. That just sounds like a day I would enjoy. It'd be hard. <laughs> We've driven them. It'd be that, that, that's a, that, talk about dedication. That almost makes the Lotus look like it's easy. But I would like to daily a Kuntosh, and then I think you have to track the GT out of that equation, don't you? You kind of do. Last question here from Dustin Marshall. His rant, the new vehicles with really bright LED daytime running lights and dash lights and screens that are always on, and mm-hmm. folks not understanding... They don't have their lights on at night. Mm-hmm. The back of the car is completely dark. Well, again, that comes back into the safety rant with features we didn't need. If you're, the light switch isn't turned to auto and you don't know it and you're not thinking, that LED electroluminescence on yeah, the instrument yeah. panel makes you think your lights are on because uh-huh. they're so bright. We're also just so accustomed to looking at screens, so we're just, you know, we're, we're, it's a bug zapper. We're just blindly looking at everything. <laughs> For sure. How many of you have driven at night to this point, have driven at night, and you've only seen the car in front of you because of the halo of its shadow in front of you? Because it yes. has so many daytime running lights, yeah. you can see a perfect silhouette of the light it's casting in front of itself, but doesn't have rear taillights. I've actually had that experience. Here is my get-off-my-lawn moment. <laughs> I, this is a place that I have decided I am an old man. <laughs> I hate auto headlights. I want to you? actually physically turn them on because it got dark. And guess what? It's morning. I turned them off. And my wife has hers set to auto in the, in the Cayenne. And I, I, look, I see the benefit. I understand the usability. I just want to chunk. I want to turn it on. Guess what? I got home. I'm going to turn it off. That is, that is one of my – I have a few. That is one of my old man get off my lawn things. I want to turn on my own <laughs> lights. Well, I've got one more rant then to leave us with, and that is all the cool little things, the tricks that drivers used to use to communicate with each other. Mm. Like motorcyclists, they pat the top of their head, meaning, you know, there's a police ahead. Sure, sure, yeah. Same thing. You blink your lights at somebody and they get all offended. And they bright you like crazy and they (laughs) sear your retinas and give you LASIK surgery. Like, no, 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 I was just trying to be cool. Tell you there's, you know, I just passed a cop back there. Just trying to be cool here. And just little things. You just want to like, can you turn your headlights on? I'm just reminding, turn your headlights on. People just get all offended. (laughs) All these, this unspoken language, (laughs) this tribal knowledge has just disappeared Mm -hmm. with all these new safety systems. Mm, Good point. Guys, thank you for all your questions. Really appreciate it. A reminder. For the opportunity drawing. You know it. You can still enter the opportunity drawing. It's a rare opportunity. Yeah. Website, everydaydriver.com. And while you're there, you can navigate to the main YouTube channel and the five-car film has dropped. Yep. Hopefully, you've seen the eight-car film and this is a distillation of the choices. So what we did was we had our two cars, Todd with his Z4, I with the SLK. You, you've heard about those cars at least once on hopefully this show. Hopefully yes. so. And then we decided what car could we agree on should make the final cuts. Mm-hmm. We agreed on one, and then we picked one each for a total of five of the cars that we should have bought. That is now on YouTube playing. Hopefully you enjoy it and drop us a line. Look forward to hearing from you. TV at gmail.com. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.